0: Thank you, Wayne. Thank you, man. Been an amazing morning, hasn't it? God has definitely been with us. He's definitely preached to us this morning, almost to the point that I ought to just walk up here and say, All right, let's have an altar call and let's go and if y'all walked in and smelled the steaks in the back, you'd probably agree with me right now. But we have a word, I have a word that I've been praying about since I've started praying for this this thing and uh something that, that he really put on my heart that us as men uh, need to hear. You know, we watch that movie and we see it and we say, yes, we need to be the men we need to be and we need to be what we need to be for God, we need to be what we need to be for our families, we need to be these things, but okay, what does that mean? What do we do now? How do we move forward? What do we look at and, and let's make sure that this doesn't just become a morning. This doesn't just become a time that we watched a movie and got high fives to a bunch of guys. Let's make this a morning that we truly make a change and know what we're looking for. You know, when I was thinking about courageous, the words courageous were going through my mind, and I was thinking about things that are courageous, things that people that, that step above and beyond and do something more than, than just the status quo. And I think of our army. I think of our men that are not only out there supporting their, their, their families and, and leading their families as we're called to do this morning, but they're stepping out there and they're doing things for us to, to keep us safe here and can do this this morning. And one of the things that, that those, those guys need to know is they need to know and understand battlefields. They need to know and understand that there are battlefields out there. And there are things. See, the army doesn't go and send out a mass text and say, hey, we think the fight's right over here somewhere. We're going to take off. And if we stumble across it, then we're going to fight. See, they have a plan. They understand the battlefield. They understand where the no-fly zone is. They understand everything that goes around that. And and see, that's something that we need to also understand that in our our spiritual life, in our life of leading our our families, leading our children, leading our wives, leading the things in our community, we need to know that there are battlefields out there that we've got to be aware of. And we need to know the perimeters of those battlefields. The most dangerous thing about a battlefield is stepping on it without knowing you're there. If I don't know that the battlefield's there and I'm just kind of moseying along and I find myself in the middle of it and I'm not prepared, I'm not ready, I haven't thought about it, I haven't looked, I haven't brought my ammo, I haven't brought my gun, I'm in a dangerous situation. And we need to look at some battlefields that we're going to fight in our life and that we're going to come across. And there's three major ones that I want to talk about today. The first battlefield that I want to talk about that we have to deal with every day is the world. The world is our battlefield. It is, a, it is a place out there that wants to tear us down, especially as men. It wants to, to, to take us and to snare us and to grab us. And see, if we look at the world as an easy place, it's a, it's a great, beautiful field with meadows and things to walk through and deer running around it, then we can be deceived. We need to understand that that world out there is a battlefield. It is something that we need to be aware of. It wants to snare us through sin. It wants to snare us through things that we can do and be involved in that we're not ready for. It can get us involved in things that we want of our heart, and it wants to bring us down morally. Now, another way that the world wants to bring us down, its other weapon is that it fights us, and it wants to bring us down reputation-wise. It wants to disgrace us. See, when I was sitting here and I was, I was studying for the last couple of weeks and I look at our culture, you know, you just look at culture, you watch TV at night and I started flipping through. Now, that wasn't a big studying thing. I do that every night anyway, like a lot of us, but I was flipping through and you know what it was hard to find? It was hard to find a TV show that the man was raised up on a pedestal. It was hard to find a show that he was looked at and said, that's somebody I need to honor and I need to respect. And see, that's where a lot of our community, that's where a lot of our world is looking at to get their decision of how we really going to treat them. You know what men are looked at in in society now, especially on TV? We're the punchline. We're the big oaf that just kind of makes it through the world and kind of (laughs) ha-ha-ha. And he makes all the mistakes. The kids don't respect him and they call him crazy. And the wife comes in and fixes all the issues with the great one-liners. She comes in and does everything behind him and he makes it better. See, the world wants us to be seen as that way. He wants us to be seen, uh, the world wants us to be seen as somebody that can't be be understood, can't be lifted up. And see, a lot of our men have given in to that thought pattern. See, I'm the counselor here, and I see men that come into me all the time. And I see it in our community, and I hear it in our speech a lot of times and what they say. And men are starting to say things like, When we should be taking control of what our kids are watching and what they're involved with and what they're doing, instead we make excuses like, they're going to see it anyway. You can't turn the TV on without them seeing it. So why do I really need to push that? Why do I need to take that stand and be courageous at this point? Because they're going to see it anyway. Or their friend at school is going to talk to them about it. I can't be at school and I can't be there. So a lot of times we'll make that comment of, it's okay. It's okay to step in and let that go because they're going to see it anyway. Another one that I hear is, it's hard to keep a marriage together in today's world. It's so hard. you got so many things coming at you anyway. So, you know, if it gets tough, and you heard it in the movie today, hey, some people aren't supposed to be together. And we don't stand up and be courageous in a lot of times. We've given in to that. We've given in to that in a lot of cases where we'll just make an excuse. Or we'll look at it. As you thought the man was going to get in trouble, and you will say, hey, you can't really be honest and good and go hard in the workplace or you'll get left behind. You've got to kind of do what you've got to do, cut the corners, but stay right on the edge, you'll be okay. And when I get there, then I'll change the workplace. See, God didn't call us to do what the world does and then change the world because now we're a Christian. He says step up at front no matter what it's going to cost. So the world is that. See, this is not a new thing. See, in Samuel 11, 1, there was the men of Jabesh, and they had come in and they had been conquered. And see, what they did, instead of standing up and saying, hey, look, we are the men of God, and we, we can't give in to the world. We can't do what you want us to do. They wanted to make a treaty with the conquering king. And they wanted to say, hey, we'll make a treaty. We'll be your slaves. We'll live under you. We'll do what we do. We're not going to stand up and be courageous and do what God wants us to do as long as you take care of us and make a treaty. And see, even when the, the, the king came in and said, hey, okay, I'll do that, but as long as I can poke out every man's right eye, I'll take care of it. I'll be treated. you'll be under thing, but I want to discourage you. I want to have control over you. I want to show that you are dishonored in my sight. Everybody that sees you will know you're not fully a man because you've had your right eye poked out. And they were willing to give into that. They were okay with it. I believe they would have fully gone with it if a true man of God wouldn't have stood up and said, no, Saul said, this can't happen. I'm angered by this. No, we're going to follow God. We're going to do what's called of us. That was going to happen. That's back years and years in in biblical times. See, but you know what the great thing is? We don't have to give in to that. We, as men, especially ones that believe in God, know that our God can't lose to this world. It can't. He won't. He says that over and over and over. Our God will never leave to this world as long as His job needs to be done, as long as He has things for you to do. He's not going to lose. I don't know about you, but I'm hoping you're getting excited right now to go, hey, if I've got God, it's not. I don't have to go out there and go, oh, I've got to give into the world. I can be excited that my God is not going to lose. Are you excited about that? The God that you serve is not going to lose in this world. That should be something that we get excited about. And see, our God says that. You ask me where? He says it in Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. He says right there, I have plans for you. You don't have to give in. I know what I've got and I've got a plan for you, as long as he's got a plan. Another time he talks about it is again in John 10, 10. John 10, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. So he's talking about the world, the devil, the evil one that's out there. It comes to come and to kill and deal and get you pulled down. But he says, I have come that you may have life and have it to the full. With God, we can understand that we're okay. We've already won in this situation if you have him in your heart. So we can give and we can rejoice to that. He's not going to give in to what that. The, one that the, the the scripture that this whole story, this whole movie that you've seen is, is, is based around is Joshua 1.7. I'm not going to read that whole thing. It's a long scripture. It goes 7 through 9. It's an amazing scripture. And it talks about being courageous. Be strong. Stand up because I am with you at all times. He says if you believe in me and you have me with you and I'm with you at all times, you don't ever have to worry about giving into this world. See, as long as he has a plan for you, it's going to be great if you're following him. See, that's the greatest thing. If I know you're here for a reason, you're not here because it's a cool thing to do. You are not here because your buddy said, hey, man, there's this great thing going on at church. Why don't you come and be a part of this? You're not here for that reason. You're not here because I stood up here week after week after week and said, hey, we're having this for the men's guy. Come on down, man. Y'all need to get your tickets. You need to do this. You're not here for that. You're not here because you're a minister and you have to be here. You're here because God is not done with you. God has something he wants to say to you this morning. If I come with the attitude that I am going to do for God what he wants me to do, then I'm not going to lose in this world. I don't have to worry about that. That battlefield is taken care of. Scripture says that over and over and over. That's something we should be excited about, to know, if I'm here, God has a plan for me. The next battlefield that we have to go through and that we have to work with is the battlefield for you. There's a battlefield going on inside of you. There's a battlefield that there are two things that are fighting back and forth. Scripture says that. There there is the, the side of you that wants to give in, And he wants to follow what he wants to follow. And there's a side of you that wants to do what God wants to do. See, we have to understand that this decision has eternal ramifications. This battlefield has a situation that decides where and how you spend eternity. This is a decision that we have to make about what we're going to follow and what we're going to do. See, the Bible talks about that. It talks about how we we have two things that we have to go through. Galatians 5, 17. For the sinful nature desire what is contrary to the spirit. And the spirit what is contrary to the sinful nature. They are in conflict with each other so that they do not want, well, you do not do what you want. See, this is the word thing of two, two people battling it out. This is the word picture of you taking your bucket and you have a bucket for you. The desires that you have, the wants that you have. You saw the cop. He wanted to pay his bills. He wanted to be successful. He wanted to have the money. He had the worldly, fleshly views of what he had through what was going on and he poured into that bucket. He took time and he took effort and he put himself out there and he poured into that bucket. And see, we have another bucket that we have to worry about, that we have. And that's our God bucket. This is the part of us that wants to follow God. See, there's a part of you that wants what you want, but there is something inside of you that says, I want to be the man that God wants me to be. We all feel that calling. I want to lead my family. I want to be seen as the one that is, is following God and doing what God wants me to do. And we have two of these buckets. See, the problem is we fill these buckets full of dirt, sand, whatever our hopes are, and we try to hold both of them with all our might. We don't want to give one up. We're just, I'm trying to balance them. I will do what I have to during the day. I'll do what I have to do with the decisions I make, and I'll just live in the world. But at the same time, I'm going to play God's friend. I might play church on Sunday. I might even play church in my family, but I'm still trying to balance both buckets. I'm still trying to hold on to both of those buckets. And see, it says we can't do that. They're in conflict with each other. They are battling each other. They are are going over and over. They say there's two people, and they both want things. But you know, see, the great thing is Matthew 6, 24. Matthew 6, 24 says no one can serve two masters. It's impossible to hold both buckets. It's going to take you down. You have to decide what you're going to follow. See, God says take the me bucket and you've got to die to that. You've got to put that away. You've got to pick up your cross and you've got to move on. You have to support this one bucket for you to to deal with those blessings. See, too many people, they want to live their life and they want to be negative negative. And they want to be judgmental. And they want to keep the sin that's in their life, something that they think they can get away with. They want to hold on to that. But see, they, they, they think they can hold on at the same time to the blessings of God. And they think they can still play the church and have that feeling inside of them and let God lead them. You can't have both. He says you have to die to this and pick up your cross and die and move. You can't expect what's in this bucket and hold on to that one at the same time. So there's a battle going on inside of you. And today, you have to decide which one you're going to follow. Which one are you going to put down? Because, see, the opposite happens too. If I can't carry both of them and I can't have one without the, and still deal with God, have God, I, I'm not going to have God anymore. I'm going to start following this. I, see, I tell everybody nobody wakes up in the morning and starts an addiction. Nobody wakes up in the morning, I'm going to start an affair today. See, it's one step after one step. You put a little too much more in this bucket before you realize, you get into it and go, wait a second, how did I get here? How, 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 do, how did I do this? And see, we have to make that decision of what we're going to do. Galatians 2.20. Galatians 2.20 says, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live. In other words, I have died to this bucket, I've put it away. God has you here today for reason Not because somebody invited you because he has a word for you and he has something he wants you to do. Somebody has to die today. Somebody has to move forward. And you've got to decide if you're going to move. You're going to make that choice. Like they were talking about on the gun range. You have to decide what's going to happen. He's not going to force himself in you. We've got a third place, third battlefield that we have to be aware of. See, the first two battlefields, the first two battlefields are interesting and they are huge, and they are big decisions to make. But this third one is a major one. See, the first two, the first one is a, it's a fact-based thing. We know the world has problems. We know it's hard to live in this world. It's a fact. I don't care who you are, you know that. And see, the second one, it's a 50-50 choice. I choose to follow me. I choose to follow God. They are huge, big decisions to make but it's I liked, I don't know about y'all, I loved Tree Falls in high school or in junior high and everything else because I had a 50-50 chance. See, but we have eternal ramifications of what's happening here. We got to make sure we know we get this right. But those were easier decisions to make. But the third one is the one that can make major differences in how you live your life and the things that happen in your life. See, this third one, is one that will decide how you live in the world. It will decide this decision. Because, see, the third one is the battlefield of the mind. It's the battlefield that you go through every day and the decisions that you make and what really decides whether God works in your life, if he has real option to work in your life and to move forward, or if he's going to be hindered and can't move forward. See, we think that the devil in the world is the biggest thing that we have to battle. The biggest thing we have to battle is our own self sometimes. God's saying, I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to do what you need to do. I've already beat the world. I've already given you a clear decision here. But how you use this is what's going to decide your blessings, what you do, how you live your life, and what happens. And what you truly want to live for God, whether you use him or not. See, there's three ways that we can truly hinder God. There's three major ways that we can truly hinder God. The first one is simply not letting Him work. We can simply look at Him and say this, God, I got this other way. I've been reading this this book And I've seen this family that's been through counseling or they've been through this friend. And you know what? They went to see their pastor or they went to see this guy, this guru, and they're doing great right now. So, God, I'm going to try this thing. Now, I know what your Bible says. I I know what what happens over here. But, no, you know, I'm going to go over here and I'm going to look at this. And I'm going to try this for a while. So we can keep God from working just by telling him, nah, I'm going to try something else for a little while. See, the other way we do it, and this is a lot more common, especially men in the church, we look at them go, God, I got this. Don't worry about this little thing. Don't worry about this situation in my life. This is a little thing. This is something you don't have to worry about. See, God says, I want to be involved in everything in your life. I want to be involved in everything. Every decision you make, I don't want you to ever say this is too little for me because what happens is what I said earlier, I take one little step. God, I didn't have to worry about you on that one. God, I don't have to worry about it. I can handle this. God, I can handle this. Next thing you know, it's like, God, how would I get way over here? Because I took one little step after a little without getting God involved. See, there's, one, there's two, two other ways we can keep God from working. We can decide that he's done enough. See, God works in our life and he gets us through a hard point. He gets us through a place in our life, and we can say, God, let's take a break for a little while. You've worked hard. You've done something in my life. It was tough to get through. So, you know, I just I just want to take a break. All this work, it's kind of getting to me. You know, all this, you know, you, you worked with my marriage. You worked with that. That was a hard thing to get through. So, you know, I'm just going to take a break for a little while. I don't want to go further. I'm good right where I'm at, and we can keep God. Because God's sitting there going, no, 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 no. You know, as long as there's anything else left, as long as you don't look like my son, Jesus Christ, guess what? There's more to do. And you can keep God from doing extra. He's looking at you. Going, yeah, I did that in your marriage. But look what I could do over here. And you're going like, no, no, you know, I don't want to do that because I've, I've, already, I've already got through this. Let's take a break. Another reason that we tell him to take, that we, we don't let him work is because It hurts. It takes time. It takes work. Sometimes we have to deal with some stuff that's deep-seated inside of us, and we go, no, God, don't work on us, because that hurts too much. I'm not sure I want to go through that. I'm not sure. I, I know where I could get, and you say that, but, but I don't, I'm not sure I want to get into that, so that just really hurts. I'm not sure I want to go there. I'm not sure I want to be a part of that. See, see, that first one, getting through my marriage, getting through everything, that, that was tough, and I'm not sure I want to do it. See, there's a there's a, a part of laziness in this. I get lazy. i was like, yeah, I've done some work, but I'm tired now. I'm going to take a break. I'm good at that. See, and then the last one, we keep God from working is, we don't think we're good enough for him to work. See, we look at what we've been through, decisions we've made, things that have happened in our life. We look at it and say, God, but back, back then, you know you, you know, you don't know what I did. Instead of back then, you don't know what I did last night, God. You know, I, I did this last night and I come to a church thing on, Sunday, on Saturday morning. Man, you don't know. You, you, you can't work through me. If people knew that, or maybe people do know your past. And you go, no, God, you can't work through me. I'm going to hinder you because I know what's inside here. I know what I've done. You can't do that. God says, I've taken care of that. I've given you grace for that. I died on the cross for that. You could actually work more for me because of what you did do. But see, we'll keep God from working because we're going to hold on to what we did in the past. We're going to hold on what we're doing right now instead of letting it go. See, the last thing, and I think what happens with most guys, the reason we don't let God work is because we don't see what God sees. We look in the mirror, and we get sitting there in the morning. Every time we wake up, we look in the mirror, and we go, I know what's really in there. I can put this face on for my family. I can put this face on for my church. But God, inside here, there's a little boy that is scared to death, that doesn't know how to lead this family, that doesn't, scared he's going to make a mistake, scared his past is going to step is going to think. God, I know what's in here. And if I let you work, you might figure out that this is what's really inside of me. This is what's really there. And see, we see ourselves as messed up. We see ourselves as not worthy of working through, and we don't see ourselves the way God sees us. See, I don't know about you, but I serve a God that doesn't work that way. I serve a God that says, I don't make junk. I don't make crud like that. I make you great. Ephesians 2.10. It's an amazing verse. For we are God's workmanship. See, that word... Truly means masterpiece. Truly means you're my crown. You're what I've developed. See, we look out here, day like today, I'd love to be on the deer stand. Best thing in the world on a cool morning like this. There's probably a lot of guys that decided that last night, looked at the weather, said, oh, I got a deer stand at 40 degrees, I'm going to be out there. You know what? I love to watch the sun come through the, the trees. And I love to look at it, oh my gosh, look at what God made. Then he pulls a big ten point in front of me. I'm really excited at that point. But you know, I, I can sit there and I can look at his creation, but you know what God says here? You're my masterpiece. You can look at this beautiful land. You can look at these beautiful women. You can look at these beautiful things. You are my masterpiece. See, I don't make junk. I made you. And if we truly look at ourselves like God did, we can be courageous. Because, see, God beat the world. God, you know, see, a lot of people look at it and go, yeah, you're, 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 you're into that Bible thing. Maybe you came here today, and you're not really into the God thing. And you're saying, you know what? Yeah, I know you're, you're going for the Bible, and we believe this Bible is 100% true. But, see, there are historical facts that show how amazing God is if he wants to do something. And I'm going to give you that for a second. It's historically proven John, that is in this Bible, John was boiled in a big pot of oil. John was put in a pot of oil, and he came out completely unharmed. That's in history books. That's in history that has been put down. He came out great. And it says unharmed. You know why I believe that happened? And I'm, I'm very, very, very many theologians believe it. It's because John wasn't through with I mean, God wasn't through with him. God still wanted him to write the book of Revelations. He wanted to come back to him and and put that in his heart and and exile him. See, they were so scared of him, they exiled him on an island. We know that through the Bible. But see, we know history. If you don't even believe what's in here, history proves that this happened. And God says, no, I don't care what anybody thinks. I'm taking care of this guy because I have more plans for him. And if I truly believe that I'm not junk and I truly know God has a plan for me, I don't have to be scared of that. I believe John went down and said, "Hey, you got some potatoes? I'm gonna come out with fries. You're gonna dip me in some ba- some hot oil." I think he knew that. Hey, I'm 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 gonna I'm gonna live for him. I know God has a plan for me, so we need to truly understand that. We're gonna end with a song, an amazing song that talks about God being our healer. God being. Healing, no matter what those battlefields are, no matter how we see ourselves, no matter what we've done in the past, God is our healer. Listen to the words of this song. This song. And what I want to do is I want to give you the option of while we sing this song, this altar is the place that we can come to. And I know some of you don't go to this church. Guess what? This altar and your altar at ch- your church, everywhere else, is blessed by God. And if you want to come to Him, you can come here and you can pray for that family. You can pray for the things going on in your life. You can pray for the things that are are going on that you deal with on a daily basis in the world and say, God, now I know that you're in control no matter what. God, I know the battlefield's going on inside of me and you know what? You can get that battle won today. You can come up here and talk to a minister, get on your feet, get on your knees and you can make sure that that battlefield is taken care of and you are on God's side. That battlefield of the mind, I can come down here and I can say from this point on, I'm going to understand that God sees me as a masterpiece. I can be courageous. I can step outside. I can just do things, just not because it's said to do it, not just because it's something that's cool to do. I can do it because I know God's working through me. And I want you, I want you to take the time to come up here. If you're not praying for yourself, come here and pray for a friend. Come here and petition God to be involved in your life, to be involved in the things that you need to do. As we sing this song, please feel forward. Feel feel great to come forward. Hit your knees right here. Be here with God and say, God, I watched this movie. You spoke through this movie. God, I know we're going to have some great food in a minute. God, I know this is where you wanted me to be today. And I courageously come forward. I courageously come and say, I'm going to lead my family. I'm going to do what I need to do. There will be ministers up here. Come and talk to me. If you need to get that straight, that decision, that battle, come talk. If you just want to hit here and pray, come pray. As we sing this song, please come forward. You hold my every
1: moment You calm the rain Whoa!
0: for a long time I have people in my own family that aren't saved they haven't come they haven't put down that bucket they're working hard I am working hard pray for those people right now lift them up that God will touch them whether it be through a movie or time or anything that they can do that God will put it on your heart to be courageous and step forward and make a difference in their life Many of us are fathers. Many of us are here with our sons. My son's here with me. What greater time to spend on a Saturday morning? Many of you are here with your fathers, your grandfathers, your uncles, a man that's made a difference in your life or a man that wants to make a difference in your life. Understand that God is our healer. And no matter what we've done, no matter what's going on, he's going to heal you. Understand and decide on that power now take him at his word. He says to take him at his word. Anything that's lifted up to him will not come back void. If it's come with the attitude that God will truly do it, and it's come with the attitude that in his presence and in his time and in his way, it will happen. So take some time just for a minute as we finish out this song to pray for those people, for yourself in that. And then join with us as we end